0: Welcome to the Allegory of Spots podcast series. Thanks for joining. In each episode, we introduce a new spot. We talk about how spots hinder our progression, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how to overcome any spot that may be holding you back. As you begin to move and apply the things you learn, you'll start to see weaknesses become strengths, and you'll begin to see and feel greater light come into your lives.
1: Hi, I'm Dan and I'm your host for this podcast on Advocate with the Father. I really like this topic. As I study the scriptures, the names and titles for Jesus Christ are such a truthful wonder to me. And this title of advocate is so key and is central to his mission for all of us. Before I get into a really great story that I want to share with you, let's dig into some definitions of advocate. Here from the Oxford Dictionary definition of advocate: It's a noun, a person who pleads for or speaks on behalf of another, a person who supports, recommends, or speaks favorably of another, a person or agent believed to intercede between God and sinners, specifically Christ or the Virgin Mary. It's also a verb, to act as an advocate for, to support, recommend, or speak in favor of. A person or thing. The following story is great in explaining how Jesus Christ is our advocate. This isn't my story. I got it from a friend of mine who got it from someone else. So I didn't write the story, make it up, nor is it based on my own experience. So I can take no credit for how well it explains how Jesus Christ acts as our advocate. The story centers on a student who we will call Steve for the story and a teacher for an extracurricular religion class called a seminary class. A high school student named Steve was having difficulty in school and had been kicked out of several classes. A kind seminary teacher finally allowed him into his sixth period class. One day, the teacher planned a special lesson. He asked Steve to stay after class so that he could talk with him. The teacher asked Steve, How many push-ups can you do? Steve replied, I do about 200 every night. 200, the teacher said. That's pretty good. Do you think you could do 300? Steve answered, I don't know. I've never done 300 at a time. The teacher said, can you do 300 in sets of 10? Well, I think I can, Steve answered. Yeah, I can do it. Good. I need you to do this on Friday. Well, Friday came and Steve went to class early and sat in front. When class started, the teacher pulled out a big box of donuts. Now, these weren't the normal kind of donuts. They were the big, extra fancy kind with cream centers and frosting swirls. Everyone was excited it was Friday, the last class of the day, and they were going to get an early start on the weekend. The teacher went to the first girl in the first row and asked, Cynthia, do you want a donut? Cynthia said, yes. He then turned to Steve and asked, would you do 10 push-ups so that Cynthia can have a donut? Steve said, sure, and jumped down from his desk to do a quick 10. Then Steve sat again at his desk. The teacher put a donut on Cynthia's desk, then went to the next student and asked, Joe, do you want a donut? Joe said, yes. The teacher asked, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Joe can have a donut? And so it went. Down the first aisle, down the second aisle, until they came to Scott. Scott was the captain of the football team and the center of the basketball team. When the teacher asked, Scott, do you want a donut? His reply was, well, can I do my own push-ups? The teacher said, no, Steve has to do them. Scott replied, well, I don't want one then. The teacher then turned to Steve and asked, Would you do ten push-ups so Scott can have a donut he doesn't want? Steve started to do ten push-ups. Scott said, Hey, I said I didn't want one. The teacher said, Just leave it on the desk if you don't want it, and he put the donut on Scott's desk. Now by this time, Steve had begun to slow down a little. He had just stayed on the floor between sets because it took too much effort to be getting up and down. You could see beads of perspiration on his brow. The teacher started down the third row. Now the students were beginning to get a little angry. The teacher asked Jenny, do you want a donut? Jenny said no. Then the teacher asked Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Jenny can have a donut that she doesn't want? Steve did 10, and Jenny got a donut. By now, the students were beginning to say no regularly, and there were many uneaten donuts on the desks. Steve was also really putting forth a lot of effort to get these push-ups done for each donut. Sweat was dripping on the floor beneath his face. His arms and face were red from the effort. The teacher said he couldn't bear to watch all of Steve's work for those uneaten donuts, so he asked Robert to make sure Steve did the push-ups. The teacher started down the fourth row. During his class, some students had wandered in and sat along the heaters on the sides of the room. When the teacher realized this, he did a quick count and saw 34 students in the room. He started to worry if Steve would be able to make it. The teacher went on to the next person, and the next, and the next. Near the end of that row, Steve was really having a rough time. He was taking a lot more time to complete each set. A student named Jason came to the door and was about to come in when all of the students yelled, No, don't come in. Stay out. Jason didn't know what was going on. Steve looked up and said, no, let him come in. The teacher said, you realize that if Jason comes in, you'll have to do 10 push-ups for him. Steve said, yes, let him come in. The teacher said, okay, I'll let you get Jason's out of the way right now. Jason, do you want a donut? Yes. Steve, will you do 10 push-ups so that Jason can have a donut? Steve did ten push-ups very slowly and with great effort. Jason, bewildered, was handed a donut and sat down. The teacher finished the fourth row, then started among those seated on the heaters. Steve's arms were now shaking with each push-up in a struggle to lift himself against the force of gravity. Sweat was dropping off his face, and by this time, there was not a dry eye in the room. The last two girls in the room were cheerleaders. The teacher went to Linda, the second to the last, and asked, Linda, do you want a donut? Linda said very sadly, no, thank you. The teacher said, Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so that Linda can have a donut she doesn't want? Grunting from the effort, Steve did 10 very slow push-ups for Linda. Then the teacher turned to the last girl, Susan, do you want a donut? Susan, with tears flowing down her face, asked, Can I help him? The teacher, with tears of his own, said, No, he has to do it alone. Steve, would you do 10 push-ups so Susan can have a donut? As Steve very slowly finished his last push-up, with the understanding that he had accomplished all that was required of him, having done 350 push-ups, His arms buckled beneath him and he fell to the floor. The teacher turned to his class and said, And so it was with our Savior Jesus Christ. He prayed, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, with the understanding that Jesus had done everything that was required of him. And he collapsed on the cross and died, even for those who didn't want his gift. And just like some of us, Many chose not to accept the gift that was provided for them. Doesn't this story help you understand that whether you want it or not, the atonement is there for you? It was done. Just like the students in the story that didn't want a donut, Steve did ten push-ups for them anyway, and the donut was left on the desk for them, should they change their mind. Now we can look at a few scriptures in the Bible and relate them to the story of the donuts. These come from 1 Peter chapter 1 and are found in the range of verses 1 to 25. Peter in these verses, after giving his greeting to those he is writing to, begins to give an introduction to his teachings of who Jesus Christ is and what his mission is. It says in verse seven, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. It takes faith to believe in Jesus Christ. He isn't among us in the flesh just as he wasn't when Peter wrote to the saints in this record in 1 Peter. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What a great goal to live with him again. Verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Ancient prophets from the beginning have asked and understood this role the Savior Jesus Christ, would play as our advocate. And as they understood this role, they taught it so future generations would know and understand Jesus Christ. Verse 11, Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow these prophets were taught these great truths, by the Spirit of God. They work to convey them to us by this same Spirit. As the Donut story illustrates and the scriptures testify, this is an infinite gift indeed. The atonement is for everyone, for all to partake of, and it is for you to enjoy. It is a gift for you, even if you do not want it. However, It is there all the same if you change your mind. And without it, there is no chance for salvation to return and live with God once again.
0: At the end of each episode, you'll hear us repeat the steps on how to remove your spots. It's simple. There are four steps in the process. Number one, start by making a comprehensive list of all the things in your life that you need to get rid of or repent of or even be healed from. You'll know when your list is complete, when you feel you've included all the items that come to mind. Number two, take an inventory of what you're feeding your spirit, because what you feed your spirit is what feeds your flesh. Your body will follow your spirit. Number three, now that you've identified the spots, let's get rid of them or cast them off, and here's how you do that. Present your list to God through prayer. Ask Him for help. Ask Him to remove your spots to literally take them from you. Ask God to remove and offload all your burdens, your stresses, and your concerns. Stop trying to carry them alone. They weren't meant for you to carry. And number four, once you've finished steps one through three, it's time to start the process again. Only this time, dig a little deeper into your soul, searching out even the smallest of spots you might have overlooked or not even recognized. Ask God to reveal them. He has a way of bringing them to the surface. And finally, continue these steps until you've completely cleansed yourselves of any and all spots. Then move forward day by day using the atonement of Jesus Christ to keep yourself unspotted.